the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Peter said, For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. The promise of the Father was available not to the apostles only, but to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Let me ask you a question. Are we afar off from the apostles? Yes, we are. The Father promised to send the Spirit, and Peter said on Pentecost that the promise is for all who are far off, and that means you. The Father has promised you the Spirit. You have the greatest secret weapon in the war against the enemy. When he comes against you with lies and accusations, the Spirit of God is within you declaring the truth. He is there to tell you that you are covered in the blood of the Lamb, and there is no condemnation. Join Pastor Dan today to hear more about your secret weapon. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Joel, chapter 2, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're studying verse by verse through the Old Testament. We're in the book of Joel currently. If you want to turn there in your Bible, Joel chapter 2. This evening, Joel chapter 2. We're going to look at several passages of Scripture today. We're going to be in the book of Acts, Galatians, Ephesians, and Romans. (laughs) So if you want to go ahead and find those. One person's excited about it. Galatians, Ephesians, Romans, Acts. Or Acts, Romans, Galatians, Ephesians would be the right order. And then we're in Joel chapter 2. Acts, Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, Joel chapter 2. Now while you're turning there, let me just say that we are studying verse by verse straight through the Old Testament. And occasionally we come to a topic that we want to spend some extra time digging into. We started and we completed actually Joel chapter 2 looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I want to spend a couple more weeks looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We'll look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of individual believers. And then we'll look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. So that's why we're going to be jumping around tonight. Let's pray and we'll get into it. Lord, as we get into your word, we pray for your Holy Spirit to be our teacher Lord, for you to open our eyes and our ears and our hearts, I pray and ask, Lord, that you would govern this, Lord, the teaching, the flow, the understanding. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word this evening, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So in Joel chapter 2, beginning in verse 28, we have this promise from God 
that he will pour out his Holy Spirit on all flesh. Look at verse 28. Verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. That's one way to tell whether you're old or young. Do you dream dreams or do you see visions? And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. We saw that in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church, on the believers in Jerusalem. And Peter stood up in Acts chapter 2 and he preached to the crowd declaring this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. He pointed the crowd back to Joel chapter 2. And he says, this is, that, this is that, that Joel spoke of. And so the prophecy here in Joel chapter 2 began to be fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. Uh, that was the start of the fulfillment. And the Holy Spirit continues to be poured out on believers and will be poured out on believers into the day of the Lord. That's the context of Joel chapter 2 when he's saying this, the day of the Lord. So it begins on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And it will continue on until the day of the Lord. This pouring out of the Holy Spirit is called by Jesus the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. Well, when did the Father promise to pour out his Spirit? Well, here in Joel chapter 2. In our last study, we noted several points about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And if you remember, if you were here, we just went through Scripture And just read what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, and in particular, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And just as a review, we saw many different names are used in the New Testament to describe the baptism with the Spirit. It's called being filled with the Spirit in several places. It's described as the Holy Spirit coming upon believers. It's described as being endued with power from on high. It's described as the Holy Spirit falling upon believers, all different terms to describe the same experience with the Holy Spirit. We also saw last week that there is a a difference between having the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Having the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit are two distinct experiences for believers according to the Scripture. The disciples received the Holy Spirit when Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And then later in the book of Acts, we see the disciples filled with the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. So it's possible for a believer to have the Holy Spirit and not be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we also saw that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is essential for Christians It's essential. Before his ascension to heaven, Jesus told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they are baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I want you to think about that. Jesus leaves. He returns to heaven. The disciples have the good news of the gospel. And Jesus did not want them attempting to share the gospel with anyone or ministering to anyone before they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, we might think, well, well, shouldn't they at least try? 
I mean, isn't some witness for Christ in the world better than no witness for Christ in the world? And Jesus said, essentially, don't even try without the baptism with the Holy Spirit. I'd rather there be no one ministering in my name than you trying to do it without being filled with the Spirit. And that's something. Remember, also, we looked at the story of the revival that took place in Samaria in Acts chapter 8. And Philip went down to Samaria and he preached Christ to the people in Samaria. And this great revival broke out and many, many people believed on Jesus Christ and were saved and were baptized and great miracles took place there. Uh, demons were cast out. The lame were healed. But when Peter and John came down from Jerusalem to investigate what was happening in Samaria, it says Peter and John prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Demonstrating the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a necessity for believers. Again, I mentioned when Peter and John came to Samaria and saw the great work that God was doing there. Again, you know, people being delivered from demon possession and getting healed. They didn't say, praise the Lord. Keep doing what you're doing. I said, no, you guys need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we also saw that the baptism with the Spirit is a definite experience with the Holy Spirit. And the believers should know when they are baptized with the Spirit. Jesus told his disciples to wait until they're baptized with the Holy Spirit, implying they'll know when it happens. Uh, in Acts chapter 19, the Apostle Paul met a group of believers in Ephesus. And after spending some time with them, he asked them the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He expected them to know the answer and to be able to answer yes or no. And so a believer should be able to tell if they have been baptized with the Holy Spirit or not. When you read the, the New Testament, especially the book of Acts, uh, you see that being filled with the Spirit was normal for Christians. It was part of the normal Christian life. And as we said last week, the baptism with the Spirit or the filling with the Spirit is available to us today. I, I don't believe that it ended with the apostles. You know, after the Holy Spirit was poured out in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, Peter said... For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. The promise of the Father was available not to the apostles only, but to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Let me ask you a question. Are we afar off from the apostles? Yes, we are. Has God called you? Yes, he has. And so it's available to us also. And I want to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the individual believer. And a lot of what we're going to look at tonight is, is probably going to be familiar territory for you. Hopefully it's just a reminder. Sometimes we just need to be reminded of what the Bible says to us. And I want to just start by saying the Holy Spirit is a person. Again, I know that sounds pretty basic, but the Holy Spirit is a person. 
The Holy Spirit is not, it's not a thing or an energy or a power or a force. The Holy Spirit is a person, the third person of the Godhead, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now look at Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Again, we just read this, but it's important for you to let this sink in. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. The third person of the Godhead will be poured out on all flesh. It doesn't say, I'll pour out power. Well, the power is part of it, but it's, it's, I'll pour out the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. Just as the second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ, left his residence in heaven and came down to this earth in the incarnation, the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, left his residence in heaven and was poured out on the earth. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says the disciples were all filled with the Spirit, with the third person of the Godhead. They were filled. It doesn't say they were filled with power. They were filled with the Spirit. They were filled with a person. The third person of the Godhead. I want you to turn with me over to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And this is just before the ascension of Jesus. After the resurrection, before the ascension, Jesus has his disciples gathered. It says in verse 4, And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded his disciples not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, therefore, when they come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel, the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You shall receive power. Remember that word power, it's the Greek word dunamis. We get the word dynamic from this word. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The power is not our power. Again, I know this might be review, but it's good to be reminded. The power is not our power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It belongs to the Holy Spirit. It's his power. It's his power that we receive from him. The Holy Spirit is not 
energizing some power or some ability within us or some hidden potential that just needs to be awakened or some hidden potential that needs to be developed or some skill or talent within you that needs to be honed or fully realized. The power doesn't come from within us at all. We get filled with the person of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, and then it's his power that works through us. 100% him. 100% his power. It's his power we receive from him moment by moment. You know, in Luke chapter 24, you don't have to turn there. Luke chapter 24, verse 49, Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Endued with power from on high. Now, the word endued is not a word we use in conversation. At least I don't. What does it mean to be endued with power from on high? The word endued means to put on or to be clothed with. The same word is used in Luke chapter 15, verse 22, in the story of the prodigal son, when the prodigal son returned home and his father said, bring my best robe and put it on him. The son was endued with his father's robe. And Jesus says we are endued with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's like putting on a coat that belongs to someone else, not my coat. We put on the power of the Holy Spirit, but all the power is the whole, it belongs to him. We're endued with his power. And the purpose of this power is not power for power's sake, just to have power, just to have, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, just, you know, to entertain us or something. Look at verse eight again. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me. The purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit is so we can be witnesses for Christ. Now, when we read this, uh, we, we may think that it means to go witnessing or to tell someone about Jesus Christ, which is part of being a witness. But being a witness is not something you do. It's something you are. Your life is a witness. That's what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about this dynamic now of the Holy Spirit filling you up. The third person of the Godhead. A person. Bringing his power into your life. And now through his power that is working in your life. Now your life bears witness to him. Your life bears witness to the power of God. A life that is supernaturally transformed and changed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And you can look at the example of Peter in the Bible. I think that you would agree with me that there's a significant difference in Peter before he was baptized with the Spirit and after he was baptized with the Spirit. Before he was baptized with the Spirit, Peter was always getting ahead of the Lord, always saying things he shouldn't have said, making promises to the Lord he, he didn't keep, even denying the Lord. 
denying that he knew the Lord. But after Peter was baptized with the Spirit, Peter had power. He had a dynamic in his life. He was bold. He was fearless. And that came from the Holy Spirit's presence in him. His life was a witness to and a witness of the power of God. And I suppose at this point, some of you, maybe all of you are thinking, okay, (laughs) I get it. The Holy Spirit is a person. Got it. I knew that. And we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. It's his power. It's not my power. I get it. You may get it, but are you living it? That's the question. Are you living it? Is it a reality in your life? And that's where the breakdown comes for so many Christians. And I want to look at some verses that will help us determine if we're really living it. So turn with me over to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Just one verse here in Galatians chapter 3 that I want you to see. Verse 3. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Paul says, are you so foolish? Or don't you understand? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect in the flesh? Now just just track with me here. We began our Christian life in the spirit. When we were saved, when you were saved, when I was saved, it was a supernatural work of God. Romans chapter 5, verse 6, for when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. When we were without strength, God saved us. We brought nothing to the table. The New Living Translation says we were utterly helpless. Right? Isn't that true? You guys remember being utterly helpless, right? When God saved you? You guys are saved, right? (laughs) We were powerless. Powerless to save ourselves or change our condition. There was nothing we could do to forgive our sins. There was nothing we could do ourselves to, to give ourselves eternal life. We were utterly helpless in our sinful condition when God saved us. Ephesians chapter 2 says we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But God, it says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Right? There was nothing we contributed to our salvation. The Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags to God. The best we can offer. The best we can do. Filthy rags. Our salvation was all by God's grace and God's mercy. The salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And we get that. Right? We get that. That's locked in. We No, yeah, absolutely. We get that. But here, Paul touches on something that's so important in the Christian life. He says, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect or being made perfect in the flesh? Is that, is that really what you think? He asked me how I know. 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Joel, and he has more to share with you next time. In Joel 2.25, it says, So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Are you in a season that relates to this verse? Perhaps there are circumstances that seem impossible to restore, and yet God gives these kinds of promises in the Bible, proving that He desires to rescue and restore the things that are broken and seemingly destroyed. If you're in a devastating place, feeling hopeless about the metaphorical locus in your life, would you call and talk with us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask God for healing from this trial. Our number is 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this Old Testament prophecy book. Pastor Dan has more to share from the book of Joel here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.